And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is a very special episode because this is episode number 232 and a half. Why 232 and a half, you ask? Well, the answer's pretty simple about that. I fucked up. And I went jumping from the Thor Annual 2000 to issue number 23 and uh, forgot to cover issue number 22. Now, what was really kind of frustrating about that was the fact that I didn't catch it. Normally, I would catch something like that in editing. Uh, and uh, the other weird thing about it is nobody else noticed either. I, I caught it after the show had posted. So, you know, a couple days after I'd actually done the editing. <laughs> anyway, so, so this episode is going to be a weird one because we're actually going back. We're going to cover issue number 22. If you're listening to this for the first time, then of course you're going to have to uh, go back and listen to them in the right order. Uh, hopefully you're going to listen to them in the number order and not in the date order. Uh, but what a pain in the ass. Okay, so we're here to cover Thor number 22. So let's just get right on to it, shall we? Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, mighty Thor. And this week we are looking at the mighty Thor number 22, a.k.a. number 524. Cover price was $1.99. Cover art is by J.R. Jr. Claus Johnson shows Thor kind of jumping down at Thanos. Thanos is shooting up at him with his eye ray beams kind of blasting out from him. And Thor is firing some kind of ray out of his hammer at Thanos. Thor's costume is getting all ripped up by Thanos' beam, but Thanos looks like he's doing quite all right. And we open up to the splash page where, of course, we have the credits. Dan Jurgens was the writer. Johnny Romita Jr. was the penciler. Claus Johnson was the inker. Wright and Bernardo were the colorists. R.S. and Comicrafts. Wes Abbott was the letterer. Tom Brevoort was the editor. And Bob Harris is the editor-in-chief. And there's a, a uh, splash blurb saying, Stop! If you haven't read Thor 2000, we sincerely urge you to do so. Otherwise, oh boy, are you going to be confused? Well, you're going to be confused anyway, folks, because I covered issue number 23 last week. So we open up the splash page where we have Thanos, and he's holding out a uh, an evil-looking chalice. Uh, and this title of the story is called The Tears of the Gods. And Thanos is um, threatening somebody, apparently. Finally. Our journey is over. Our quest completed. All that waits is the end. And we get a double page spread here. And they show Thor and he's strung up by his cape on these giant ice stalactites. And the Mangog is there and he's holding a girl. And the girl is dressed in sort of white silver sort of armor. She's got long white hair. 
And Mangog is like, Rawr! looking very, uh, the way I like him to look, the top heavy and, and Kirby-like. And Thanos is uh, talking to this uh, girl in the armor. I have the Chalice of Rooms, the map of all ending, the Illumination Stone. I have you, the one the seers and prophesiers call the Designate. All I need now are your tears, Tyrene. Never! If you had them, horrors beyond imagination would come to pass. Mangog, says Thanos. And I guess Mangog is supposed to be doing the, uh, you know, torturing thing. Make her weep. No! "'Tis a pleasure indeed to indulge the whelp no longer,' says Mangog, and he's throwing her at the wall with a big crack, and he's breaking all the ice as she hits it. "'You didn't make me cry when you exterminated my people, and you won't do so now, Thanos.' "'Really? The Asgardian, your protector and champion. Break him, Mangog.' And Thanos grabs her, her mouth like, you know, like, shut up, and she goes, "'Urk!' And... Th- Mangog uh, takes a big swing at Thor, who's tied to one of these stalagmites, and smashes him with a crack. At last hath come the order. And he's punching Thor around like a punching bag, and Thor doesn't seem to be any position to fight back. As the power of a billion, billion beings runs through my veins, as you never get tired of reminding us. And he's, he's bashing him over and over. The Thunder God is the embodiment of purity and bravery. The epitome of naive nobility and heroism. He will fight to the last breath, the final heartbeat for you. Will you not at least shed a single tear for him? Oh, never fill your chalice. Very well. Let his death be on your conscience. And Thanos turns and he's shooting his eye fire beams at uh, Thor. And Thor is burning up. And so... By and large, the scene's a little bit confusing because, yeah, we left this off two episodes ago uh, and Thor was just actually flying off to find Thanos and Mangog and now he's actually just getting kicked around like a football by them. So obviously we're going to get there and uh, uh, Tareen is going, Thor, no, no, my eyes moisten, I mustn't. And it uh, looks like Thor is all crispy critters and smoking on the ground after Thanos has uh, uh, blasted him all to hell. And uh, Tyrene is like, please. And she's, she's got little tears forming in her eyes. Finally, your will weakens. Not your will weakens. Finally, your will weakens, says Thanos. And... Um, He's standing in front of her all triumphant, and they've got the chalice here on Chanet. The chalice is throwing off this uh, Kirby crackle. Watch his body smolder, Tyrene. Watch it burn. Say goodbye to your champion, your misguided protector, forever. And you see like a pit in the ice, and Thor's just kind of lying in there smoking. And she's like, Thor! And she's kind of wiping at her eyes. And Thanos is holding the... uh, you know, the chalice and he, he takes his finger and he's like scooping her tears off of her cheeks into the uh, into the chalice and Mangog's like Master Thanos she cries that she does tears of gold tears of power keys to a treasure chest of death such as never been opened to unleash that death that singular event known in whispers as the ending of all one only needs to drink and he has I guess gotten enough of her tears to fill the cup which <laughs> i mean that doesn't seem very likely in the four panels that it's been but he uh he 
decides to uh, take a drink and he uh, gulps gulps down the tears and he starts glowing in this Kirby crackles because spreading from the cup to him and it's a bunch of orange and yellow and red and all Kirby crackly and he's going it's working I feel it my will is death I am death the legends are true drink from the chalice of ruins a single tear of the designates and you will have the power to loosen wave after wave of unimaginable death that shall sweep the cosmos planet by planet until not a shred of life remains. And we see what would happen. It's showing energy crackling out and zipping through Kirby space. And there's this weird nebula cosmic cloud thing made of skull and demon faces. And uh, we then shift scenes to what is viewing this whole scene going on. And it is a cosmic voyeuroscope uh, being held by Oracal. And Oracal is there with Odin. And we have what looks like Ulick the Troll there as well. Oracal, says Odin, this future you reveal, must it come to pass? I, Odin, had not existed my change it. My son shall fail, Odin, says Ulick. We and all we know shall soon be gone. "'Tis unthinkable that in this mayhap his biggest challenge ever, "'the god of thunder shall taste defeat. "'Yet a thought occurs to me, a desperate hope, "'that with Baldur's help might avert a catastrophe.'" And we shift scenes again, and we are on an alien planet, and the planet has, like, big fancy buildings, and also lots of pretty flowers. And uh, it looks up into Kirby space, and we get some narration here, which is obviously coming from our friend the recorder. Observation, this world we approach is known to few. Its location is noted on only the most advanced star charts. It seems devoid of any potential for space travel. Conclusion, these traits make it quite suitable for victimization by Thanos. And they land on the planet and it's Thor and the recorder. And they are looking over the, the uh, fancy city and the fancy city is all damaged and destroyed. And uh, there's, there's aliens here. They're kind of these gloopy green guys. And they don't, um, they don't speak English, obviously. I recorder, says Thor. And if Jan Smoke's indication sure, then I fear he's already attacked. And they're approached by these gloopy aliens, and they talk to him. <laughs> recorder, their tongue is unknown to me. Might they be of help? Statement, my translation equipment should take only moments to adapt. Interpretation, this individual describes a raid by a powerful pair seeking their most sacred religious artifact. His descriptions of the individuals are indicative of Thanos and Mangog. The object they seek is the Illumination Stone, which is housed in that distant collection of pyramids. Then tis there the battle shall be fought, says Thor. Tis there that Thanos shall fall. So saith Thor, god of thunder. And we shift scenes again to Thanos and Mangog, and they are in the, uh, the temple of these pyramids, the gloopy green guys, and Mangog is pretty much single-handedly wrecking up the place. Faster, Mangog. I would dally no longer. Tis fortunate indeed that I share thy vision, Thanos, for I would take orders from no other. Still, as I wield the power of a billion billion beings, as you never get tired of reminding us, all of whom craved revenge and death every bit as much as thee, what fall this fortress before the might of Mangog? And he's tossing the guys aside, and he's smashing through the walls into the pyramid. Now, inside the pyramid, there's a like a big statue of another one of these green gloopy guys. And the green gloopy guys are guarding it, and some of them even have like a little hook or something, like like a little weapon type thing. 
The prize we seek is here, Thanos. The Illumination Stone. And oh, there's a, um, a statue here, one of the gloopy guys, and there's a big glowing stone, like, right in the middle of it. Bah! These foolish natives fight as though they might defeat me. There's an irritation beyond bounds. And Magog is just waiting forward easily, crushing, crushing all the goopy aliens. Grind them into powder if you must, Mangog. Our only concern is the Illumination Stone. And Thanos approaches the statue, and there's a stone hanging around its neck, and it's a kind of weird, complex-looking jewel thing. And Thanos is getting ready to grab it. And then all of a sudden, a hammer flies out and smashes Mangog in the back of the head with a bram! And obviously it's Thor. Beast villain, thou art an affront to all that is decent and just. To invade a world and desecrate those sacred of temples, that you might steal the artifacts that they would hold dear as unthinkable. It's only fitting that you feel Mjolnir's justice and the righteous wrath of Thor. And he's smashing up Mangog pretty good, whirling around Mjolnir, and uh, knocks him really good whack with a brackam. Knocks him, the thief might be vanquished forever. And he says, and uh, smashes Mangog out of the pyramid. And Thanos is none too pleased by this. And he says, Thunder God, I would tolerate you no longer. And he's shooting these blue ray beam things out of his eyes, but... Thor seems to be deflecting them with a hammer, and he's hurling energy out of the hammer, too. Hurl thine energy in whatever quantity thou wish, Thanos. It will avail thee not. Mine enchanted hammer shall drink of it as though it were the finest of nectars, and return it to thee, its power magnified a hundredfold. And it's kind of bouncing off the hammer, blasting Thanos. And Thanos is still standing, though, so, I mean, obviously Thanos can take some punishment here. Still do I know well the scope of thy power, thine ability to withstand even the mightiest of punishments. Watch as the heavens reveal their awesome majesty at my behest. The winds and lightning of the most powerful of storms turns against thee. And he's kind of really pouring out a lot of energy here. It's crackling from, from Thor through his hammer and just really wailing on Thanos here. Knowing even all of that might not be enough, thus do I fire a bolt of anti-force at thee. The unthinkable plans of evil die here, Thanos. And we get a little bit of uh, recorder narration here. Observation. During my many journeys, I have witnessed events that almost defy description. Never before have I witnessed such a display of might turned against one being. The furious onslaught of surging energy and the storm seem capable of tearing the entire planet apart. Conclusion. Not even Thanos could have survived. Thor, god of thunder, is victorious. And Thor is standing there, and the Illumination Stone is laying in the debris. And Thor picks it up, and uh, there uh, he's talking to, to the recorder here. "'Tis done, recorder. Thanos is no more. The stone is ours. Declaration. It is said the stone is capable of revealing the true nature of any who gazes into it. It would seem Thanos needed the stone in order to identify the designate. It is believed no one knows what the designate's true appearance is. And there's a, uh, a, a green glowing face that appears in, in the stone and is uh, talking to Thor. The woe to God as guardian born, son of Odin, champion of the oppressed and revered for thy honor and courage. Tis most passing strange, as though the stone can penetrate my very soul. Hold, the ground doth shake, 
as though and the ground is bursting out from underneath him and we just see a hand reaching up from below looks like it's mangog and he grabs thor by the legs and he smashes him upward into the uh, ceiling of the chamber and he comes out and he says as though mangog still lives my contempt for thee grows with each passing second as guardian my hate for thee is exceeded only by my hate for thy father I look forward to the moment when I might dance upon thy corpse. And Mangog picks up Thor and he starts stuffing him in his mouth. Uh, head first, Mangog is stuffing Thor into his mouth. And that's where the uh, drawing him like the Kirby style comes in really handy. <laughs> and, and Thor is going down this gullet and Thor's like, Yarg! And uh, then there's a, a, um, a blue glow coming from behind Mangog. And it's actually Thanos. And uh, Thanos is like, Mangog, you are forgetting our business here. And Mangog is trying to crunch on Thor. And there's, you know, scrunch, clunch noises coming out of his mouth. So uh, Mangog spits Thor back out. The Odin Sun is not our concern. The Illumination Stone is. And now it is ours. And Thanos reaches down and grabs the stone and picks it up and uh, says, Come, Mangog. Drop the Asgardian. We leave now to embrace our destiny. And the two of them teleport away. We then shift scenes and we are in a, uh, a woods. Looks like an Asgardian woods. And we see none other than Balder the Brave. And Balder is riding his horse through these sort of witchy kind of woods. And he's narrating what happens as he comes across this uh, encampment. And it's, uh, you know, it's like a lean to and there's a fire and like weapons strewn around and and Baldur's like saying out loud there before have i heard such fear and urgency ring through in odin's voice thus if my lord hastens me to svartalfheim the forest of the dark elves there Baldur the brave is honor bound to go i must gird myself for battle for the grounds reek of evil that encampment "'Tis there that the distasteful Yagerfell might be found. "'Yeah, I remember him from last time. "'Tis not my place to question Odin, "'but I cannot fathom his need for this ugly little elf.' "'And all of a sudden the forest comes alive "'and there's branches reaching out "'and they're wrapping around Balder, "'just kind of snaring him. "'What manner of treachery? "'The forest! "'It moves as though alive!' "'And we have a full-page spread here, of this uh, big monster, and he's this big green giant. He's got big, huge forearms and big drooly mouth with lots of teeth. And he's got sort of this weird horn coming out of his forehead and and uh, one eye. And he says, I as guardian, alive and eager to do the building of Jagerfelm, devourer of men. Continued next month in Thor number 23, which, of course, we covered last week. And that is Thor, volume two, number 22, uh, the show that really did not go off without a hitch, did it? <laughs> Anyhow, we do have a few things to say about the issue, but we'll do that right after this message. Do you have unexplained mood swings? Do you have difficulty communicating with others? Do you exert a fishy odor? Do you experience undue aversion to flames or revulsion of bonfires? Have you suffered from long periods of amnesia or unexplained blackouts? Do you like to toot your own horn, speak of yourself in Shakespearean tones, or sound like Dean Warmer in Animal House? Are you a sociopath? 
Have you senselessly slaughtered innocent undersea creatures? Is your family tired of every vacation having to be to the beach or on a cruise ship? Do you have a secret collection of green fish scale speedos? Then you may identify with the subject of our new podcast, Imperious Rex, Confessions of a Serial Surface Invader. Longer than a whale, he can swim anywhere. He can breathe underwater and go flying through the air. Atlantis is the Prince of the Deep. Join us each week as we review the next installment from Prince Namor, The True Submariner's Adventures in Tales to Astonish, starting with the quest in issue 70 and moving forward through the Silver Age of Marvel Comics. Check out our blog at serialsurfaceinvaders.tumblr.com for a new show every two weeks or so and a steady stream of ridiculous aquatic content. And please, if any five or more of the above conditions apply to you, Seek professional help. And we're back, and of course we have a few things to say about this issue, though not as much as you might think. First of all, the story is continuing to be pretty strong, and, and this is obviously the bridge between the annual and what we covered last time. So just kind of think of it as coming before that. Go back, listen to episode number uh, 233 once you've listened to this, and that'll get you up to speed as far as, as what the story and all that is going. So what makes this issue significant? Well, it's the first real appearance of Tareen. Now, Tareen, of course, goes on to be, quote-unquote, Thor girl, and it becomes a regular character in the Thor series, though we don't really know that right now. Right now, she's just the designate, and we start out, of course, the issue with that uh, you know, potential future sequence that we have of how Thanos makes Tareen cry into the uh, chalice, and, you know, of course, we're led to believe that this is a very possible future. And, of course, if that happens, Thanos is going to destroy the universe because that's what Thanos does, because that's what he's all about. And uh, the artwork, uh, by, by, by and large, is, I hate to say it, it's kind of mediocre, even for J.R. Jr. Now, I like J.R. Jr.'s stuff generally, but it seems in this point that he's spreading himself a little thin. I don't know if this is the you know, transient influence of the extreme 90s that has just kind of passed and we're not quite to the place where that has completely let go. So we've got a little bit of this very, very loose penciling here. And uh, Johnson, I don't know if he's really the inker to be embellishing these kind of pencils. So we have a lot of these characters that are very, very simple and not a lot of detail. So, for example, we have the scene here of Recorder and Thor on the planet, half the time they're missing their face because it's like the, there's that little detail to the, the artwork. The exception, of course, being Mangog because his face is done up all awesome-like. And, um, and the last page with Balder here, where uh, Balder is going into the forest, um, lots of detail. So obviously this is what they consider to be the most important as far as the story was concerned. The, uh, the aliens, I don't really like that much now the these green gloopy guys they don't seem to have any consistent anatomy and they you kind of have to to be believable as an alien race and here they're just kind of like gumby guys and they're you know i don't know they're just like i said they're, they're gloopy and they don't seem to have any particular consistent shape other than the fact that they're just kind of vaguely humanoid and i understand that they're not really important to the story they're coming in and they're, they're busting up their planet and Mangog is killing a bunch of them. 
and they grab the uh, you know the the jewel, the illumination stone away from them. But you would think that I don't know. You would hope for a little bit more consistency than that, and I don't like it. Um, but I do like the uh, the scenes. You have the scenes of of Odin and Orakal, and for some reason Ulic there helping out. And uh, yeah, that's that's that stuff is all pretty good. You know, I like the, the sort of fake beginning that they have here of what could happen, and and that all looks great. But it is a little bit confusing, of course, coming right from the annual when we had Thor just kind of setting off to find uh, Thanos and and Mangog. But uh, anyway, so that's really about all I have to say. Uh, once again, folks, I really apologize for the confusion about skipping the issue. And of course, in order to keep my my show numbering consistent, I need to go back to this, uh, you know, episode 232.5 <laughs> kind of thing in order to uh, to have the mythology episodes fall in the right number because you know, otherwise I will never be able to remember which episode the <laughs> mythology episode is supposed to fall in. And that, of course, will be coming to you next time. Anyhow, so uh, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Look for Radio Free Asgard on Facebook and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and back in time. And we'll see you next week here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.